You're listening to The Over 50 Entrepreneur, the podcast that's dedicated to the business builders who are only getting started when most are winding down. This is the place to discover how to create more freedom from your business while growing the value of your business. Now here's your host, Rick Hadrava. Hey, everybody, this is Rick Hadrava with another episode of the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast. And you know, today's guest really got me thinking back to the origins of this podcast in my mind. And for those of you that maybe don't know, um, I literally was out on a run one morning um, several years ago and thought, you know, what is something that I could do that would be interesting um, a little challenging and and maybe support what I felt at the time, you know, needed some attention. And, you know, today's guest actually goes into this topic for me from her own point of view. And for me, I, you know, those of you that know me know that in addition to the business advisory work that we do, I also uh, own an RIA firm, a wealth management firm. And while this show is nothing about wealth management, and please understand, I'm not giving investment advice or opinions or otherwise. What I do know factually is we're very honored to work with some high net worth people and and their families and the complexities that come along with wealth. But I also know the statistics on the average balance in a 401k plan in this country and where Social Security stands and the fact that pensions have been eliminated. And that always kind of sat in the back of my mind. I've actually done some writing on the topic over the years. And it's a challenge in front of us. It's coming. And, you know, I think we can panic, we can freeze. That's one option. But I think another option is to step back, assess where we are if we're if we do find ourselves in that situation and look at the tools and the technology and the opportunities that present themselves today. And so I'm very honored to have with us today, Case Lane. And Case is a global writer. She's an entrepreneur, traveler, the founder of Ready Entrepreneur. Her business prepares aspiring entrepreneurs to understand how to take advantage of the technology and global resources so they can achieve what she deems the lifestyle freedom. And, and we'll learn more about that. She, she does this by helping them start their own online business. She's a former diplomat, consultant, and corporate executive. The ready entrepreneur approach to lifestyle freedom is based on her education, her experience, and her observations and interactions with entrepreneurs all over the world. And so if you're if you find yourself one of those people or you know one of those people that maybe is struggling with that three-legged stool uh, in their lives, as we call it from a financial perspective, I think you'll get a lot out of our guest today. So without further ado, let's welcome to the Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast, my new friend, Case Lane. Case, Hello. thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Well, listen, let's let's dig in. And, you know, for those of our audience that maybe aren't familiar with Case Lane and your work, why don't you tell us a little bit of background and your entrepreneurial journey? What got you here? 
Sure. I'm going to have to do the fast version, though, because it's a bit of a longer story. <laughs> but uh, like so many people, I did what I was supposed to do. You know, we did the, the going for the real life and the real job type of road, even though always in the back of my mind, I was interested in having my own business. So but I, I went to college, went, I joined the Canadian Foreign Service. I grew up in Canada. So I, I joined the Foreign Service, which is the diplomatic corps. And I served overseas in the Philippines and then Colombia and Chile. And I did trade policy. So I was spending a lot of time with business people, decided I need an MBA. So I went to UCLA. That's how I ended up in California. And I went from there into corporate, first as a management consultant, then to Hollywood, behind the scenes and in operations. And um, while I was working in digital media and part of this you know, incredible transformation from physical media, and I know um, listeners will, will remember film and tape. And um, so we did that transition. And I was really just starting to get extremely interested in what was happening with technology, how technology was changing the industry. And I decided I was worth spending time with lawyers. So I decided I needed a law degree. So I went to law school. And uh, while I was in law school, I started ebook self-publishing. So I wanted to, to write. And I, and this was, I just saw this incredible opportunity, which is the opportunity that exists for everybody in every field now, but for writers, Amazon made it possible for you to go directly to your readers and Amazon and Smashwords and Drafts of Digital, the, the platforms that allow you to publish directly to the e-book e stores. So all of a sudden, the middleman's all gone, and you are, you've got the whole world, and you've got the whole internet, and all you have to do is figure out how to find your readers, and then you've got your market. So I got into that while I was in law school, and I, did, I, ended, I, gra I, I graduated, got my license, and so on, but I, um, after I finished a law fellowship, I decided I would sit work full time on my business. People have started to ask me, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, what's going on? What's it what's happening in this online thing? What's how do people really make money online? All that type of thing. So I started this writer. I was working, you know, full time, self-published writer, learning that whole world. And with that comes everything else around online business, you know, websites, all these new terms, landing pages, you know, wanting to, you know, uh, digital marketing, social media, doing all these different things. Um, and I transitioned that to Ready Entrepreneur to, to help people understand that landscape. Because what I saw was that at the beginning of the process, there's nobody. There is a lot of gurus out there that are each doing their own thing. So a lot of people like me, this is I, I, this comes from experience, not from, from knowing what to do. A lot of people just jump right in. They'll see a cool guru and, oh, I want to do that. I'm going to be an Instagram influencer. I'm going to be a podcaster. I'm going to be a blogger. And not really taking the time to figure out how to set yourself up to be successful doing that. So that's what I do in Ready Entrepreneur about the very, very beginning of the process, where you're just looking out at the online world and thinking, I've got an idea. Or even if you don't have an idea, you just know you want to do something. That I, that's that's where I am to help you figure out, look at the entire landscape and figure out, you know, what it is that you would, w which platform you'd really like to be in and then how to find that community and create content for that platform. So it it is so wonderful because that's something that, uh, you know, I think people, everyone has a gift and everybody has experience and expertise at different things and, and these different strengths and unique abilities. And, but turning that into a business is an interesting game because, mm -hmm. and I like what your approach is, is, Hey, you think you got this idea and now you want to go be an Instagram star or whatever <laughs> influencer or whatever. Right, right. And, and the great thing about a marketplace is it will tell you pretty quickly whether yes. um, you've got something or not. Yeah. But, but you know, 
I'm looking at this and I read something recently that said, look, we're in a period of disruption and, you know, people are losing their jobs. Um, they're redefining who they are, but, but the disruption that's going on obviously is around education right now, mm-hmm. which is a real hot button. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think healthcare in the financial world, these yes. are ripe for disruption, Yes, but that's not necessarily what you're talking about. Right. Because you're talking, well, you use the word lifestyle freedom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ex- explain that for us. Yeah. So, so two things there. So the, the, all that disruption you're talking about and what I say, you know, the need for solutions is what provi- is, is providing the opportunity for so many people now to have an online business. And so people might think, oh, you know, I, it, everything's been done or, you know, I'm not an expert or whatever, but those are not the, but that's not what's happened. You know, first of all, everything has not been done. <laughs> and you could tell, especially right now, just like you were saying, look at all these areas of, of our society that are in desperate need of new solutions, education, healthcare, and who has that information? The people who've been in the business, and even if, you know, you don't even have to have the credentials, you don't have to have like a special credentials. With the exception, I mean, ethically, you know, obviously you can't provide advice in certain areas if you don't have the right credentials. But um, if you are that person who's providing information to people who you, you aggregate it for them. People are searching online all the time. They're searching on Google. They're searching on Facebook and Amazon and everything, looking for all this information because they're just so in need of goods and services and products, ideas. So if you're that person who's even also with them kind of thinking about it, if you do that little extra research online, that can be your business. And what you can do let, you know, I'm talking about information projects, uh, products. There's obviously a lot of ways to go online. You can have an e-commerce store and things like that. But let's say you're doing an information products. So you become that person who aggregates that information together. You build a business around it, which is anything from the website with advertising on it to actually creating courses or doing running webinars or things like that. And then you create for yourself those extra streams of income which then allow you to start having your lifestyle freedom. It's a trade-off always between time and money. So there are people that, you know, they'll, they'll, hold, they'll keep their nine to five, but they're actually going to work on their business in the evenings or on the weekends. And then as soon as they see, you know, enough revenue replacement come in, then they'll drop the nine to five. And there are other people who are like, can't stand the nine to five anymore, or, it, you know, it's already gone. You know, in this crisis, maybe it's already gone. So it's like, well, just going to work all day and all night until this business becomes a reality. So the opportunity is in the need in the world for solutions, the products and the services, wherever your interests lie. And even if it's entertainment, you know, if it's something like that, you know, there people need that too. So wherever your interests lie, that's where there's an opportunity for you to create a business. And then you use that business, of course, to finance your, not just your, you know, to finance your lifestyle freedom, but also it's another type of freedom too. And it's, it's what I call professional satisfaction. There's a lot of people there, you know, you're in a good job. Maybe you've done it for a long time and it's a fine, it's a fine place to work and everybody's super nice and all that kind of thing. But maybe you're no longer using the skills that you really have. Maybe they're, the company can, uh, you know, they just want you to do your one thing and you're thinking, wow, I could be doing this or I could be doing that. Again, in your own business, you give yourself those opportunities. So you give yourself new challenges and then you're working for yourself and all of the, uh, the compensation is coming to you as well. So it's really the three things. It's, it's the professional satisfaction, the financial security, and the lifestyle freedom. 
Very good points. And, you know, you talked, you talked about the problem and looking for solutions. And that's something that we, we talk about. We actually have an exercise that we share with our groups on drilling down with the understanding that the bigger the problem, the bigger, the better the solution, usually the bigger the paycheck, you know, but, but let's be realistic. Whether it's a, I, I hate the word side hustle because, well, I just don't like things that everybody says, you yes, know, uh, yes. it gets overused, it but wh- whether it is, you know, whether you're working today in a corporate world and you've got an interest and, and you're trying to do this or you've lost a job or you're retired and you need that extra income, realistically, mm-hmm. right, how long do you find it takes before somebody really starts to hit stride? Because I think people, you know, it's kind of like 90 days. Oh, I haven't mm-hmm. seen any results. This isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. What What have you found, you know, that timeline to look like? Yeah. Um, so I'm going to say it varies, but I want to talk about two things. So you say to hit stride. So for the average person, yeah, what, I, what I like to do is, is help people get started and so a lot of people don't know what that means. So I start right at the very beginning with things that nobody's talking about. The most basic thing, where are you going to work? Now, of course, right now, everybody's had to scramble and find somewhere to work from home. But, you know, that was what they or how do you enter your schedule? When you go to work in, in the corporate world or anywhere, you automatically have a schedule. Like you didn't sit down and write it down, but you knew you had to get up at such and such a time in order to be on the road at such and such a time in order to be in the office at such a time. So you have to do that for yourself as an online entrepreneur as well. And so there's that. There's the there's the just getting yourself organized part. Now, when it actually comes to starting the business, that's going to be all over the place because it really it comes down to two, what, of course, is your idea. You know, you there are some people who have been bouncing around their idea for a long time, and they've got their friends who are saying, "Why don't you start a business? Why don't you start a business?" So that means the minute they finally get around to doing it, they actually have a community that they can start selling to. And then there's other people who they don't tell anyone, you know, what they're thinking <laughs> because they think everybody's going to think they're crazy. Um, so they don't say a word. So when it comes to launching the business, they're going to have to do it either organically or by advertising. So that's going to take some more time. So it, it's because everything comes down to, do you have an idea of a product or a service that people want or need? And then it could be a good idea, but if you don't know how to distribute it and you don't know how to market it and promote it, then it's going to be lost. Or if you do market and promote it, but the product's not very good, so nobody tells their friends about it, then you're not going to scale. So it's really going to come down to to that. But I, I start very small. I start very incrementally, and I test everything. You know, um, there's so many different ways to do it. You can put the word out on social media, of course. And nowadays, you know, um, you can't do too much it, it, with people directly, but you could you could have definitely reach out to your friends one-on-one or your colleagues or, you know, people that you think might want this product or service and start figuring out if there's any interest, which you'll get from how they respond to you. Um, You could start putting out advertising. You could, you could spend $2 a day on Facebook ads that are very targeted. You can watch them every single day. You could change headlines. You could change your message. You can just be spending $2 a day, just seeing to see just try to see what resonates with an, uh, an audience that you're targeting. So it could be a completely cold audience. You don't know these people, but, but you know what they like because you can do that in Facebook ads. So you could target people, spend $2 a day, keep seeing. And then as your ad starts to hit and people are clicking and they're responding, then you can see how you can scale and grow the business. So there's so many different ways to do it. 
But the number one thing to keep in mind is it's probably going to take a long time. And how you define that depends on you know your expectations. 90 days is not a long time. <laughs> um, so that that's a challenge is where I think a lot of people fall short is just giving up. And when you when you do that, okay, yeah, you of course you're not, you're not gonna make it. But if you look at the history of the most successful people, that's the, you know, they just kept going and going and going. And yes, you have to change your idea. Sometimes you think you have the greatest idea of all time. I don't think there's any business in history probably that that from the very, very original idea became the final business or the business we see today. Um, so many people, some you know, famous entrepreneurs have had to change things and, and iterate and pivot and so on. So you have to think about that. So the key is just to keep going, you know, to keep going, just put it in your mind. You're going to do this. You're going to start a business. You're, you get your first idea. You get it out into the marketplace. You see what the response is. You make changes. You see if you get growth. You make changes, make changes, make changes. Keep, and just stick, stick with it. Just tell yourself you're going to stick with it until you get over that hill because that's really what it comes down to. That That is really good advice. And, you know, it, it's funny because I think just about every small business has had to make an adjustment during this year, you know, yes. and, you know, you shed different things along the way. Um, and that's part of the process. But if you find the passion, and and I find that if you find the passion in helping other people, right, because that's what it's all about. I love to I love to believe that our entrepreneurs, our small business owners, are the true problem solvers in this country. Yeah, and, they and are part of, part of yeah. the reason why this is such a great country. Community is also important, mm-hmm. right? Do you believe that? Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because at the end of the day, that's what keeps you going. So I would say you have to keep going. Okay. So what's going to be your motivation? Your motivation is the fact that you're providing solutions for all these people who need it. And so hopefully when you start out, that's exactly what you want to do. So that's why you'll keep going because, and it's so important to have that. For me, I'm, I'm with you on this. I just feel that entrepreneurship is so critical to our economy and therefore to our society. And like, could you imagine right now if we had a much higher percentage of people in the country that were entrepreneurs, you know, where we'd be in terms of like all these things that are happening. And instead of people kind of, you know, I don't want to get political or anything, but sort of sitting around hoping, hoping the government will do something, you know, there would be um, the entrepreneurial mindset would kick in so quickly, even in, in a, you know, this is the crisis and you click, would click in, people start going for solutions immediately. And this started back in March, a lot of the guru type entrepreneurs, they were offering free courses, you know, they're giving away their stuff, telling people like, this is the time to do it. And I was pushing people on that too. I was saying, you know, here, okay, at the very least, you're not commuting anymore. So you, I know you've got more time. And, and, and I think it's absolutely critical. And I think people don't want to miss this opportunity. This is, you know, the self-education, however you want to call it, it's a billion dollar a day business, that's where it's going. But it's bigger than that in the sense that, it's about self-sufficiency. It's about independence. And as I mentioned before, it's about you know, using your skills to the best of your ability. Obviously, everybody wants a financial cushion. Yes, yes, yes. We all want lots of money. And then, um, and then managing your life the way you want. And I think, it gives, I think there's some people, let's say last year, um, you turn down you know, time to go to a family wedding or you cut your vacation short or something like that. And now this year, you really wish you could be doing all those things. So if you have your own business and you have those ad income stream coming in, 
those are the decisions that you make for your own life and your family and so on around what you really want to do. And you don't end up, you know, in the pressure of fulfilling on somebody else's agenda because you've got a job that you have to report to. So I think it's just all of that coming together that makes it so important. Good, good point. And, you know, when it comes to retirees, the thing I love about something like this is we know that retirees, when they're engaged mm-hmm. doing something, whether it's volunteer work or it's something like this, they live happier, healthier lives. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's really important. Here's my question, though. So once somebody starts to have success, because let's go mm-hmm. back to this, you know, you're really a solo entrepreneur. Yeah. And if you if you come across a solution that has scale, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how do you navigate that as a solo entrepreneur? Yeah, it's one of the most difficult things is to scale from doing everything yourself. So a typical entrepreneur likes to just do everything themselves. You know, they're the best person who could do it, especially when you're getting started. So how do you find a good team? And it's almost just like building the business itself. It's kind of hit and miss. You have to, you know, so there's, there's two things. Obviously, you just can hire people. You can start putting the word out and hiring people. And I always suggest putting people in a little trial run. So you make sure that they, you know, that they're actually fit for your company. The other thing I, I tell entrepreneurs to work on right from the beginning, I know it's very hard in the beginning, but set up your systems. So set up your production process, so to speak, in a way that another person could come in and just pick it up. So put things, you know, in the cloud, make sure that you um, label things well, like just the most basic things so that you could actually hand it off to somebody and say, okay, you know, here's my, here's my podcast recording, you do the rest, uh, that type of thing. So it, it's very important, but you, don't be, a, it, it's very difficult for a lot of people if they've if never been in a management position where they had to hire and fire um, you know, it's difficult to always be doing that, but you definitely want a good team because otherwise, you know, you're just going to be um, trying to manage operations all the time. And part of the online business world is what we call the gig economy, which are all the people all over the world who do various jobs and tasks for, you know, fees. So, you could get your graphic design work done by somebody. You could get your editing done by somebody, your, your audio editing. So what you can also do, you don't have to start with full-time employees. You can start outsourcing to the gig economy through sites like Fiverr, which is five with an extra R, five R. Um, you could outsource. You could, again, test people. So instead of sending your whole book to one editor, you can send your pieces of it to a bunch of different people and just keep trying things like that until you find those good people. And then when you find them, hang on to them um, because they're very hard to to find. But you have to think about that. That's going to be the biggest thing is how to hand off from what you're doing now all by yourself. But I want to drive home the point that you made, and that is it isn't necessarily bringing on staff and team members it it's it's going out there and farming that work out and i love your comment about putting systems and processes in place as you go early on so, because that's the best way that i've found to identify what you can delegate or yes. what can what can be yeah. automated and yeah. you know sometimes you you step back and you go you know what why am i why am i doing this let's yeah. just get rid of that altogether uh, I love it. Why, why is this so important to you, Case? You know, because we've kind of talked about this. You're passionate mm-hmm. about it. What drives Case Lane? 
Yeah, um, as I say, I I want to live in a better world. <laughs> so that's so whatever I could do to facilitate that. This is what I feel like I, that I could do to facilitate is to help people recognize their entrepreneurial abilities and to deliver solutions, you know, as people need them. And I think that people just don't know. And I didn't know. I mean, obviously, I'm coming at this from um, I I was doing corporate and I was doing all those things, and I start getting into this world, and it's not as a completely set up sophisticated world. It's the complete opposite. It's still the internet. There's still lots of, uh, obviously there's scams. There's lots of rah, rah, rah noise. <laughs> That's my deep scientific term, rah, rah. Um, <laughs> That's a technical term, right? <laughs> yes, technical term. Um, <laughs> but everyone knows what I mean by that. You know, it's this, you know, a lot of, oh, million dollars in 10 minutes doing nothing, you know, join me, my one proven way, you know, there's all that type of thing. And so, it's you have to sort of figure it out. You have to realize what people are doing. And I reverse under, I did business process reengineering when I was a consultant. So I like reversing what what exactly are is happening here. And I did that with uh, courses that I was taking where I was like, what if they left out? Would I? I thought you know you pay for an online course. You're like, wait, there's something missing here. It's just all these things. So I always look at it and I say, okay. How do people get into this without having to go through all of that? And and so that's why I like this systematic approach instead. And so for me, and it's helping people just see that world. I think it's critically important. I'm a global traveler. It is a global phenomenon. The whole world is going like this. This is your market is no longer just, you know, your your town. It is the entire world. And that's what makes this part of an opportunity as well. Because you could be having a city on your idea and nobody around you thinks it's a good idea. <laughs> you know, all your friends and colleagues and everything are like, what? That's ridiculous. But out there in the whole world of the, you know, almost 7 billion people in some ways that have access to the internet, if you start putting your message out there, you'll see that feedback, you know, and, and hopefully, and you're putting it out there. But you have to put it out there to know. So you have to make that first step. And again, you might have to change things. You might have to pivot a bit. But I always go back to people and say, okay, where did you get the idea in the first place? You know, maybe all your friends think it's a bad idea. But what, what triggered it in you? Like, what, what did you see? What was the gap you saw? What was the problem you saw? There's so many people, you know, you probably got that friend who says, oh, I could do this better than those people. <laughs> so, <laughs> So if that's true, well, why do you think you can do better? So I always go back to that. I say, okay, none of your friends and family are seeing what you see, but out there in the world, there are probably people who are seeing what you see. So let's get the message out there and see what happens. And if you can elevate your life, so to speak, to this role where now you're providing this product or service, you're getting all these people from around the world who are into it and so on. It makes you, you know, I'm assuming a better person. <laughs> You're going to have just better. You has an opportunity to raise up your family, your community. You can then, you know, take that money and do other things with it. Um, so I just feel like it's a snowball effect once the entrepreneurs get going. And this, it, it just goes throughout all of our society and helps to really just trigger everything around the world that we need to have happening now. So for people who want to get involved in change or something like that, Maybe it's through that entrepreneurial idea that's in the back of your head that you've never really sat down and, and executed on. You know, Case, what, what I love about it is um, the education that you go through on that journey, right? Because mm -hmm. it, it's one thing to, I, I, I mean, we can all get education working in a corporate world. 
but it's a whole different ball game when you're out there on your own and, and you own a business and you're growing it every day and, and you're dealing with things. And I think if you take the approach that, that it really is a growth journey, I don't know how to say it, but you learn so much yeah. and that, that energizes you. There are down days, you know, we mm-hmm. make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. So, so here's a final question as we come towards the end of the show is, so you've been doing this a while is there an experience, you know, that you've learned from this that maybe you started out thinking one way, but you found yourself thinking a different way as you gained a little more experience? Would you be willing to share that? Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I have five post-secondary degrees, right? so I'm wow, what you might call academically oriented. <laughs> so I love myself an online course, and but I found that you know. The, the as I was sort of hinting at, they leave things out. And so what I have realized is, and I don't think, obviously there are really, really excellent people doing stuff online. There's a lot of great courses and great gurus and, you know, separate from the sort of scammy stuff. But what I, what tends, what I realized is that everybody is talking about their experience from the context of their lives. And so with the internet, where there's just so much opportunity to do things in so many different ways, that idea that there's only this one perfect way to do it is is not true. Like, it's just not true. Like, there are so many different ways to do it. And I think what tends to happen is people will take a course, an online course to get started on something, and they'll drop it. Like, most people don't finish the course, or it won't work for them or something like that. And what I like to say is just take the pieces out of it that you can get out of it, you know, just forget about, okay, you paid for the whole thing and it's not all delivering for you in every way, but there's going to be something you're going to be able to take from it and then build from there. Because it's it's your experience, it's one of these things where it's a bit of a catch-22 because it's your unique perspective and your singular approach that's going to be your opportunity in this world, in this online business world. But in order to learn, you have to listen to what everybody else did and how they did it and kind of maybe try to model them and all this type of thing. So you have to take what you, what would be, it's going to be your uniqueness as you approach your niche. Oh yeah, I say niche. And you, as you approach your niche, you, you take your uniqueness, but you're learning from all these other people and you kind of have to take the pieces of their worlds that fit into what you want to do. So I hope that makes sense. It's a, it's so that, you know, it's really around, I want people to maintain their unique perspective because that's that's going to be the key to being successful because you're going after a new niche, especially if people are, if you're thinking that everything's been done. One of the things is like you take a bucket like entrepreneurship. Yes, there's a million and one people talking about entrepreneurship, but are the, but are are there people who are listening to them who are underserved because the message is not what they're looking for? That's your opportunity to pull those people out and bring them to you. So you maintain your uniqueness that way. But the things that have been done in the past, the model of how to set up a business, um, the good ideas that are out there are yours to take and then to use and to, to build on. So you kind of have to play both. It, it's absolutely right. I love that point. I'm glad, I'm glad we're ending on that because at the end of the day, it, it hasn't all been put out there. And you said it, your unique ability, and it's really your interpretation, yes. right? It's, yeah. And, and what, yeah. what, what I like is you just never know who it's going to resonate with. Exactly. So you, you can't control the response. You can just control what you put out there. So mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate you spending the time to share that with us. Well, listen, we are 
at the end of our podcast, and I've really enjoyed this, and I hope our audience has as well. I know you've got a new book out um, called Recast. If people want to learn more about the book, they want to you know, learn about Ready Entrepreneur, how, how can they find more information about your organization and yourself, Case? Yeah, so so my new book is called Recast. It's the Aspiring Entrepreneur's uh, Practical Guide to Getting Started with an Online Business. That's available now. The ebook version is available at Amazon, and the print and the audio are coming within the next couple of months. And so you can get that there, um, and you, and then come on over to my website is readyentrepreneur.com. And there I've got a ton of information. I've got a blog. I've got a lot of different articles, how to get started. And you can also join the community and I'll be keeping you up to date all the time on the different things that are going on. And then reach out on social as well. You can find me at Ready Entrepreneur on Instagram, at Ready Entrepreneur HQ on Facebook, and at Case Lane World on Twitter. That's outstanding. Well, again, thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, you can get the show notes and li- this podcast, along with a number of other podcasts, resources and stuff uh, that we put out there by going to our website, epicsbiz.com. And if you go to epicsbiz.com forward slash podcast, you can get this show along with the show notes, as I mentioned. That's epicsbiz.com. And, you know, I hope like the show today. Get, make sure to give us a rating. Let us know what you think. Send me an email, rick at epicsbiz.com. We'd love to hear from you as we continue this. And until we talk again, remember, we're only getting started. The Over 50 Entrepreneur Podcast is sponsored by Epic Business Advisory, where we help entrepreneurs escape the owner's trap, build businesses that can succeed without you, allowing you the opportunity to realize more freedom, think bigger, and pursue next-level goals. Download our freedom formula at epicsbiz.com formula. And remember, we're only getting started.